is Market Open Podcast, bringing you engaging conversations and insights from leading ASX-listed companies. We welcome our host, Stuart Walters, for another episode, where he'll talk to the individuals behind Australia's top companies of tomorrow. Joining me again today is Roderick McElroy, Executive Chairman of Whitecliffe Minerals, ASX code WCN. Wycliffe has been active in the market recently with two acquisitions, granting and mining licenses, board appointments, and more. And to tell us all about it, Rod, thanks for joining me today on Market Open Podcast. Yeah, thanks, Stuart. It's good to be back. You've just released an announcement of the appointment of Troy Whitaker as Executive Director. What does Troy bring to the company? Yeah, I've known Troy for a little while now. I've watched him sort of move very well through the West Australian regulatory system. Uh, he has uh, a lot of uh, experience in sort of commercial management of, of the sort of the construction and the management of people and uh, logistics. So I think Troy is joining the team really at a point where we are focused on bolstering because we've, we've, we will shortly be adding to the team from someone from North America who will sort of manage the, the Canadian uh, presence there but really someone who can bring in expertise into logistics um, and, and time in motion. You know, one of the things with these sorts of um, activities in these sort of, you know, remote locations, that this, is, this isn't for everyone, this isn't easy, but um, he, he brings a certain skill set that is, is very complementary to the team that's going to be there in the next couple of weeks. And it's exciting the fact that you've been granted the Radium Point license. What hopefully that you know shareholders can sort of see here that is a trend is sort of this over deliver under promise. You better get that one right, I guess. But um, the, the the process whereby we sort of made the applications for the original copper mine licenses um, was in or around sort of October, November, November of mid November last year. Um, they were recently granted. You, you'll sort of see on the the news wise um, earlier this year. And now more recently, having uh, applied for the Radium Point licenses in, in sort of December, um, having these first uh, Radium Point licenses come through is, is fantastic because it gives us certainty, it gives us security. And what it allows us to do is really push ahead now with the service providers, the, the, um, you know, the uh, work programs that we're going to be doing here. We've got a, an underwritten rights issue uh, underway at the moment that everyone will have seen announced. Um, at the end of this process, the company's going to have six and a half million Australian dollars in cash. So we are now working towards, um, you know, quite elaborate work programs uh, at both sites. And just getting those licenses granted really was just a key deliverable in that process. So that's, um, that's very important for the company, those two things. With the recent news of the copper mine licenses being granted, what does that mean for the company? Look, it, it really gives, I guess, that there's, because the permitting process for both Northwest Territories and Nunavut um, are slightly different. Obviously, Nunavut recently has had a transfer, of, a devolution of powers to the Nunavut people. And getting approvals from those um, regulators in Nunavut for our activities really puts us in a strong position to, um, you know, get in there early. Uh, these processes can take time, you know, they're not straightforward. They, they involve a, a fair bit of engagement with the regulators on the details of the programs and what you're, what you're uh, intending to do. Um, but more importantly, it allows us to now get the, these service providers um, 
focused on on mobilization getting their equipment to site you know the the season's coming up very quickly here so you know these things will start kicking off in sort of april may uh, in these areas you need to have your gear and your people starting to arrive it'll run until sort of october november so there's a lot to do um but we're we're fully funded and we're fully licensed and you know pretty soon we're going to have a, a full team of people troy just being the first of what hopefully will be a couple of extra additions and modifications tweaks to the team that'll allow us to drive both these projects forward and you've been busy since you joined the company what does the 2024 work program look like yeah okay so i guess there's starting with the copper mine there's going to be a lot of um birds in your head so to speak we're running some very um up-to-date uh, technology uh both heli born and fixed wing um i think that the results of those really are designed to zero in on the more or the the more structurally controlled areas the higher grade mineralization uh we're hoping to sort of you know you, you get these thematic maps with a big red blob on it well you know uh, for lack of a better description that's kind of what we're we're shooting for there we will then supplement that with ground-based teams um guys who will go in and check ground truth those um those results and just extensive sampling over the area now um it's too early to say whether or not we're you know i'm not prepared to go on the record to say we're going to be drilling at either one of these projects drilling is possible um we have a lot of work to do obviously uh to to, to make that happen but i think you know by the looks of it it's been a fairly mild winter uh here in the northern hemisphere and hopefully that extends into uh, an early spring and a, a late autumn and we can sort of really maximize um, our, our time on site at these projects. Radium Point, again, uh, bringing in consultants to uh, that know the area that have been there. We're actually, because this is such a large historical um, mine or, or, or activity, there, there was a lot of people associated with this, not just with respect to the mining itself, but also for the, the sort of the broader geological interpretation. Some of the guys that wrote all these reports on on this um part of the world so just integrating those people into um the the overall process you know assimilating what what they know um picking their brains so to speak and, and just focusing on on that and you know i've, I've sort of been alluding to uh, a third string to the white cliff bow um, I think we're we're getting close now, so I think that th this this third project is is going to be a real eyebrow raiser when when uh, when we get this done in the next couple of months. And I think those three projects together will be very complementary in terms of using similar styles and similar teams, similar styles of exploration, similar contractors, similar processes um, can be applied to all three of these. This is saving money on sort of the mobilization, demobilization. So it's, look, it's going to be a, a full on year. Um, we're looking forward to it. This is, this is what gets our juices flowing. Rod, you've just said that there's a possibility of another acquisition over the next few months. You've obviously got copper mine and radium point, but also other projects in Western Australia. What news can we expect to hear over the coming months? Yeah, look, I mean, it's always a bit of a danger that you just get seen as a bit of a collector of projects here. And I, I want to sort of get out and sort of say that that's not the objective at all. 
we have now one of the things that Troy is working on um, in detail is is just working out a solution for our Australian stuff. You know, there's a couple of good projects in there, and we just need to manage them uh, as as they go to a new owner. Um, so I think what people can look forward to is the complete divestment of the Australian assets. I know I've been saying that for a while, but it's it's part of the process. The company will be 100% focused in Canada and will primarily be focused on Radium Point, closely followed by the copper mine. This third project that's coming in has a scale that is quite large. And I think one of the things here, without getting too much down into the weeds on this one, Stu, I think that that project won't distract us, but it's just something that we identified along with Radium Point and Copper Mine when, you know, uh, certain colleagues of mine were, as, as I said, looking at reports in the Mines Department. This thing was just too big and too good to pass up. So. We're, we're going to house it. We're going to look at doing something with it in the future, but the focal points will be copper mine and, and radium point because that's where the really the walk-up start, easy stuff is going to be. Um, you know, at radium point, you've got sufficient expressions of plus 1% uranium in veins that run for kilometres. In copper mine, you've got a structural corridor there that runs for 110, 120 kilometres. Um, and... It expresses plus 10% copper pretty much along the entire length of it. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of um, potential. We're nearly three months into the year. You've been fairly active and had some great news since you joined the company. What does a successful year look like for you and the Whitecliffe team? At the end of this year, we need to have consolidated consolidated our relationship with the Indigenous populations at both or all three of these white sites having concluded the third acquisition, having come back from a successful field season where everyone gets home safely, right? That's that's number one. Um, there's a lot of machines and a lot of activity that's gonna be happening over these areas. And so, you know, the potential for that is, is real. But I think, you know, the key deliverable for both of these projects really is getting these projects back, back in the mindset of the industry because to a certain extent, these things all start with the chatter of the industry, the professionals, the geologists who all reach consensus and say, hey, wow, have you seen that radium point thing? Like, that's that's real. And if you get the world's geologists talking in that way, and then that leads on to all the world's engineers and then the world's nuclear sector. Um, because keeping in mind, like this was Canada's largest uranium mine between 1930 and 1960. And it was kind of lost for whatever reason. God God knows how these things happen. But it was kind of forgotten about. You know, we've walked into this part of the world and we've put licenses on this thing. So the world has forgotten these things exist. Reminding the world that they, um, you know, that they're real and they're, they're coming back. That's that's really the value driver that, we're, that I'm shooting for, just recognition that... Um, you know, these projects are, are back on the table. Rod, the company has been extremely active over the last six months, and with recent acquisitions and another pending acquisition, it's an exciting time for growth. I'll follow with interest and look forward to having you on again soon. Thanks for joining me today on Market Open Podcast. Oh, thanks, Jude. Always a pleasure. That concludes another episode of Market Open Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, LinkedIn, Twitter, rss.com and marketopen.com.au. Until next time, happy investing.
The content of this podcast is intended to be general in nature and is not personal financial product advice. It does not address the circumstances of any individual or entity. You should not construe any of this information or other part of this material as legal tax, investment, financial or other professional advice. Market Open and its employees are not financial advisors. You should consider seeking independent, legal, financial taxation or other advice to check how any information relates to your unique circumstances. Nothing contained in this podcast constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by Market Open or any third party to buy or sell securities or other financial instruments in this or any jurisdiction in which such solicitation or offer would be unlawful under the security laws of such jurisdiction.